Welcome to lesson number 9 on the Pioneer School. Today we are going to talk about repentance. And I'm going to provoke you and help to take your glasses off when it comes to this. Because I want to ask you a question. We as Christians, should we look at ourselves as sinners? Sinners saved by grace or saints? And this is really important. And the way we look at ourselves often don't have anything to do with the Bible, but have to do with the glasses and our background. And today I'm going to help you to take the glasses off, help you to understand that Jesus did not come to save us in our sins, but he came to save us from our sins. And I believe this teaching is really important and going to help you to come into the freedom we have in Christ, so we can live the life we read in the book of Acts. So God bless you. Welcome to this teaching. This is teaching number 9 out of the 20 lesson on the Pioneer School. And again, I love what God is doing. Uh, God is doing amazing things. And uh, the last two times I spoke about uh, what you need to do to get saved. I spoke about repentance, baptism in water and the Holy Spirit. And, and I get a lot of response out of it. There is an older lady who wrote to me from our city who is at the Bible School. I have not seen her yet. But uh, she wrote to me that she have always, her whole life, thought that she was saved by her baptism as a infant, as a child. But after she had seen this video, she want to get baptized. So after this teaching, I'm going to her to baptize her. So a lot of things is happening during these lessons. And I love it. I love what God is doing. And uh, today is also going to be really interesting and I'm going to help you also today to get the glasses off you, the religious glasses. And what I'm going to talk about today is repentance. And uh, I'm going to do it um, a little different way than you normally hear when we talk about repentance. And and also what you see in this Bible school, I all only try to get the glasses off so you can by your own with the Holy Spirit study the word of God and experience how the word is setting you free. So I'm not going to give you the answer in everything. I'm just going to give you the big picture to help you to understand what the different things is in the word of God. And today I'm going to provoke you a lot. I'm going to say something where you again is going to say like, whoa, what is this? But remember... What do we build on? Do we build on our traditions on, or on the word of God? Um, but before I'm going to um, take the teaching today and continue with some of the things we have talked about the last times, I'm going to share some testimonies. I love sharing testimonies. I love what God is doing. And if you remember last time, I spoke about how we share the gospel and I was sitting 
here on this with this table and I was showing how to share the gospel. And it's like God wants people all over the world to repent. He has commanded people to repent. Our job as disciples is to show them what it's all about. To give them the clear gospel so they know what they need to do. Because as I showed you last time, if they do what they are supposed to do, God is going to move next time. If they repent, he's going to create a new heart. If they get baptized in water, he's going to set them free from their sin. When we lay the hands on people and obey the word of God, they're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And I showed you last time how I did it. And I want to say this is like everything else. It must not end just with theology. If you get theology out of my teaching, you have failed and I have failed in teaching you. Because we need more than theology. We need to get it into practice. And for me, when I started this, with sharing the gospel and, and the way I do it, in the beginning it was... It was new for me also. Everything I'm teaching is new for me because I had to take my classes off me, of myself. But when God started to help me and set me free, I started to walk in, in it. And the more I walked in it, you stronger did it become and you often did I see things happen. And since last time, the last week, I do this teaching every week. Since last week, I have seen two people saved. Where I did the same with the coffee table. One was like four days ago. There was uh, a guy who had seen a video with me and he wrote to me. 17 years old. Have, his parent is for, parents is for a religious home. But he don't come there anymore. And, and he has not really experienced God and salvation. And he wrote to me. And uh, we met at a coffee shop down in the city where I am. And we were sitting there, and when we were sitting there, we were drinking coffee. I talked with him about Jesus. I asked him if he had met God and he hadn't, and I talked with him about the gospel. So after we had drink coffee, I did the same like I showed you, just in a coffee shop. And when we did had done that, he saw that what he needed to do. He saw that he needed to repent, get baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. So we did... After that, we went to a place where I could pray for him. But we were in the city, so I needed to find a place where we could be alone. So we find a parking garage where we went down in the basement and there was no cars there. So we could be alone, no people, no cars. So down there in the basement, in the parking garage, in the middle of the city, I prayed for him. He repented, he experienced the Holy Spirit. He got baptized with the Holy Spirit. He started to speak in tongues and he was on fire. Afterward, we went up again, went to the city, Find, I went out, find uh, some sick people. He prayed for a woman who got healed. He prayed for a woman more who got healed. And there was one from Greenland who could not like move the arm without pain. And she got healed and her husband came and other came. And she was standing and, and talking to them and explaining what was happening. And suddenly we were a lot of people there. And it was him who did it. He prayed for them. Afterwards, I had to go to another place, so I drive him to some friends, and they went out in a sea here in Denmark, and he got baptized in water. And it was really cold, but he got baptized in water. And this guy was changed. And I said to him, you 
are not living for yourself anymore. You need to be bold. This need to get out to many people. So he went home and write on Facebook. And I'm just going to read some of it. He write that this had been the most amazing day. I met a man by the name of Torben. And he had the website. And he's talked about that every believer can have a life with Jesus like the apostle did. A life of miracles. We started to talk. And he explained me all about it so he could make sure that I know what I was getting into. And then we went to the parking garage and he prayed for me and I started to speak in tongues. It felt so surreal. And he continued telling about how people got healed and all that happened in one hour. God is great. And he continued how he got baptized and it was cold, but he got baptized. And then he ended up with the reason I write this testimony that God wants more for us, that just coming in church and going to meetings. He wants to give us a life with miracles and healing. If there is, if there is anybody out there who wants that, please contact me. And this is what God is doing. A few days ago, I met this guy sitting down, going to the gospel. I didn't pray our seeds into your heart. I prayed with him. He repented. He got baptized in water. He got baptized with the Holy Spirit and he got on fire. He went home, share on Facebook this. Two days later, there was a girl, girl who contacted me who has seen this on his Facebook. 17 years old, also from a religious background, but living sin, don't know God and many things is new for her. Have never heard about speaking in tongues and, and those things. So I met with her on Burger King. So we were sitting on Burger King. We were talking. Again, I shared the gospel this time with burger, paper and cups and everything. I shared the gospel like I did in the video. After I shared the gospel, she was ready to repent. So I have to find a place where I could pray for her. So just beside the Burger King, there was a uh, house, uh, uh, um, a building that was being built, but it was not finished. So we could go in that building because it was empty. And we went in there. I prayed for her. The Holy Spirit touched her. I got prophetic words to her about a snake. I saw like a snake that was crawling and it was her life. And suddenly I saw there were coming leg of this on the snake and the snake was coming out of the ground and then it got wing, wings and was flying away. And how God wants to set her free and take her out of what she had been crawling in. And when I got that word, she was crying and crying and, and I prayed and she got set free from a demon. There was something that left her and she told me afterward that there was like a lump coming up here, sitting in the throat and then it went out and she felt so, so free. So she was changed. Then we went to a shop nearby, find a sick person. She prayed for the first sick person who got healed. Then she invited me to her house. I went there. I prayed for her mother who got healed. I prayed for one more who experienced something. And I was sitting with the family. The mother invited me back again because they want to hear more. Then I took her to some friends I know who have a bathtub. And I asked them if we can baptize her there because it was really cold that day also. And we did that. So she got baptized in the bathtub. And when she came up, we laid our hands on her. And she got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And she started to speak in tongues. And she was totally changed. What I tell you here is, 
should be everyday life. This is what he have called us to. Those two testimonies I have, I can share from the last week, just in my life. I have a friend, Tommy, he have also seen one God save and baptized. And this is happening all around now. If we share the gospel that way and get people to move, God is going to move. And what happened with this girl was Monday. And Monday was a raining day in Denmark. It was raining, it was gray, and you know, people say everybody hates Mondays. It was a Monday raining gray day, but the power of God was there. See God save, see God heal. You know, see pray for people who got healed, see God baptized in water, and when we laid our hands on her, she got baptized with the Holy Spirit and she spoke in tongues. And one of the times was in a shopping mall, in a basement, in a parking garage, in a cafe, in a Burger King. It's out there where people are. So this is what God is doing and I love this testimony and those people are so on fire. So when she got saved, I called him and said, hey, I'm just together with her. And she have just got saved and Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and baptized. And he was like, wow, this is so amazing, yes. And he was so happy. And it's not like they're close friends. They have just knew, known each other and have seen each other before and are friends on Facebook. So he met God. He was bold and somebody read it on Facebook. And because of that, and now I'm getting invited back to the whole family because they want to hear the gospel, everybody. They want to hear more. So I love the testimony. I also got a letter. I like that. This is a testimony from uh, Victoria in Canada where we have just been. And I just made a new video from the trip of Canada where you see a little from each place we have been. And there's one she wrote here. I wanted to send a re- report from Victoria of what happened to my son after you prayed for his allergy. I'm amazed because he had been completely healed. His sister also had some allergies and was also prayed for and she had also been healed as well. This is amazing because for six years we have not been able to take the family to a birthday party, a dinner with friends house, a restaurant, everywhere with food unless we bought special food for them. This, is, this has really changed so much in how we are able to live our life. So many people are shocked to hear that they have been healed. Love it. Testimony from Victoria. What God is doing. Okay. So so I want you again. Don't make theology out of my teaching. Out of the word of God. Take the word of God and act on it. Do it. And then you will bear fruit. Then you will bear much fruit. Yeah, now I want to pray. Let's pray for, for today and this word because this is a really important word and it's going to, for many people, go against the religious glasses and it's going to be like, what? And uh, this is the foundation because I'm going to talk about repentance and this is so important. This is the foundation so we need to understand what the word is saying there. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everything you are doing. I thank you for, for the two people I just told testimony about who got saved, baptized, water, Holy Spirit, who, 
who are on fire for you right now, God. God, thank you because we are going to see thousands of people, God, in everyday life get saved, God, on Burger King, on malls, in the city, on the workplace, God. People are going to get saved, God. And I pray that you are going to help me today to share this word. And this is going to be a word that is going to open people's eyes. It's going to set us free so we can live the life you have for us. So come with your Holy Spirit and help me to share the word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. I want to ask you a question. I, you are Christian. I believe that. I'm talking to you now as a Christian. Do you look at yourself as a saint? Are we saints as Christians? Or are we sinners? How do you look at the Christians? How do you look at your own life? Are you a saint or a sinner? Are we saints or are we sinners? And this is really important that we have the right answer for this. And I have been surprised when I've been looking at this, how much we have been influenced by our traditions, our classes. Because if I in Denmark ask people if they are like saints or they are sinners, and we're talking about asking Christians in the church, almost everybody in Denmark will say, we are sinners. Sinners saved by grace. Almost none in Denmark will say we are saints. Why? Because we are like saints. Are, are you a saint? No, 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 no. You, are you without sin? Who do you think we are? And you are. And there is almost like a total fear when we talk about the whole part of being saint. No, we are sinners saved by grace. We are sinners. Everybody of us. And I have some really discussion with people about this. And for me, one thing that has helped me to take my classes off is to travel and to know people from other places in the world. I have my friend Don from America I'm working with, the last Reformation USA. And for me to talk with him is so interesting. <laughs> I'm learning a lot from him and he's learning a lot from me. Because this is two world views that's coming together. And when I called him and said, Don, are we saints or are we sinners? He said, we are saints. Of course we are saints. We were sinners, but we got saved. Now we are saints. And where he's living and in his area and the churches he worked with used the word saints. And in big part of America, they used the word saints. There's other places, again, in other churches and denominations, of course, where they also in America use sinners. But I see a really clear pattern when we talk about those words. What I see, that where the Catholic Church and the Reformation is strong and in american the reformation is the reformed church and, and calvinistic church also when where they are strong each other denominations somehow lean to we are sinners of course we are sinners we are sinners but where they are not strong where we see like a movement with a pentecostal church and other 
they are more free, like, no, we are saints. So, I see it's not just being a Baptist or a Methodist or a Pentecost who, who somehow create your view of if we are saints or sinners. Because a Pentecost in Denmark with the very strong Luton background have a different view in a Pentecost in another country where they don't have a Luton or Catholic background. So every church is not only impacted by themselves, everybody is impacted by the Reformation, the Lutheran Church, who is impacted by the Catholic Church. And it's very interesting when you look at this, because for me, in Denmark, growing up in Denmark, if I ask Christians in Denmark, everybody would know we are sinners. We are sinners, we are sinners, we are sinners. But if you then go out of our little box here in the Scandinavian country, in the north of Europe, for example, and go out of this box and go to other places, they're like, without these classes, maybe they have other classes, maybe they don't, but they're saying, no, 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 we are saints. So I want to say that that everybody around you believe in one thing, don't make it, make it right. Because everybody around you can be wrong. Because they are building on the wrong foundation. The Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, instead of what the Word is saying. And we are going to look at the Word very soon. But when I heard in Denmark, there's people in Denmark who like, No, we are sinners. Every Christian is like, we are sinners. And to say we are saints, it's like, no, this is too holy. It's too much to say you are saint. And I thought about, do people in America say like, hey, we are saints. Hey, he's a saint. Because they don't know what the word is all about. For example, in Denmark, if I say I love you in Denmark. If I say it on Danish, now I'm going to learn you some Danish words. I love you in Danish is, jeg elsker dig. And for me, I can, if I say to somebody in Danish, I love you, jeg elsker dig, this is a little hard because you, you really mean it. <laughs> and so you don't just go and use the word to somebody, yeah. But we in Denmark, it's very fast to use the English word, ah, I love you. Okay, I love you too. <laughs> So for us as a Danish guy, a person, it's easier to say I love you in, in English than it is in Danish. Because it's just a word. We have seen it in TV, we have heard it in songs, in music. Everybody, oh, I love you. We just use the words. And maybe it's that with saints. I start to think about that. Maybe it's that, that people in America just, hey, we're saints. They just use, yeah, he's a saint. But if you go to people with a Catholic background, like saints, no, 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 saints. To become a saint, the Pope have to make you a saint. A saint is only few people who have, who is something special. And this is so interesting if we look at two things. If we look at things that the word have been changed, 
like if we take the word Christian, everybody uses the word Christian today, but if we know that the word Christian means come from the word little Christ, we look like Jesus Christ, maybe people will not just use the word. But what is a saint? A saint is, the Bible says also, holy people. Are you holy or are you a sinner? And I want to use the word holy now instead of saint. Because I think for you who live in America, the word saint has been misused. And uh, that's why I use the word holy people and sinners. But the question now, what are we? What are you? Are you a holy person or are you a sinner? Let's see what the Bible says about it. If I go to the Bible and look this word saints or holy people, you can find for some in the book of Acts two places. The, we read that you holy people in Jerusalem. So the book of Acts, this is Luke who wrote the book of Acts. And about the Christian, the disciple, he used the word holy people. Another place in the same chapter, the holy ones who live in Luther. So here we see Luke who wrote the book of Acts is using the word saints or holy people about the Christians. But what about the rest of the Bible? Was it only in the book of Acts? No, it's not. And you are going to see now what almost every letter in the book starts with, in the Bible starts with. And we're going to see three letters. We have here Ephesians to God's holy people in Ephesus. Philippians to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus in Philippi. Colossians to God's holy people in Colossae. So here we read <laughs> that Paul is starting his letters to the holy people in this city, to the holy people in this, to the holy people in this. What is interesting, if you go to the book of Acts and to the Bible, the New Testament, you will always see that the right, they call the Christians holy people, the saints. The holy people there, the holy people there, the holy people, the holy people, the holy people. If you go to the book of in the Bible, New Testament, and see how many people and uh, places the Christians, the disciples, God called the holy people. You will see it so many times. I've counted about 43, 44 times in the Bible. You see that they were called the holy people, the saints. For over 40 times you see that. Do you know how many times in the Bible the Christians was called sinners? None. The Christians was never called a sinner in the Bible. Never, 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 never. And again, do we have many churches, many mindsets today where we think it's holy to call ourselves sinners. We are sinners saved by grace. And if I look in a country like Denmark and the Scandinavian country where, where I have grown up, 
if I said to people, we are holy people, no, 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 oh, like, like, it's almost, yeah, it's almost a sin to call yourself a holy people because we are sinners, 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 sinners. And this is so much a part of our mindset in Denmark. No matter if it's a Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, no matter what denomination in Denmark, we think we are sinners, 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 sinners. Also after we got saved. Why do we think that? Because every denomination in Denmark and also maybe where you are living is building on the same foundation. The foundation is the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church. Because it was where this came in. We are sinners, we are sinners, we are sinners. And there is one truth in that. The truth is that people are sinners. And need salvation. But when you repent, when you get saved, you are not anymore a sinner. Because a new life has started inside of you. But to be honest, I believe, and you're going to see that today and next time, the problem here is that they didn't see the new life started. People continue being sinners also after they got saved because they did do not understand the true gospel. So if you go to the book of Acts to the first Christians and you say to them, Hello, I'm a sinner. They will share the word for you and they want you to repent and get saved. If you then say, No, I'm a saved sinner. They will look at you like, Are you crazy? You cannot be a saved Sinner, because to get saved is to get rid of your sin, so you're not a sinner anymore. We read about saved from what? Saved from our sin. Jesus is called Jesus and he should save his people from their sin. He should not save them in their sins. He should save them from their sins. If we think we are safe in our sin, we can continue being sinners and being safe sinners. And this is a mindset that is just wrong. You don't find that in the word of God. No, we are safe from our sin. So we were sinners, but now we are holy people. I want to say that holy people don't mean perfect in any way. In So we don't are not able to experience that we fall in sin. And some people can be holy people and still fight. The word of God write to the Corinthians, and there was a lot of problem in that church, in the Corinthians, but he still called them the holy people. So holy is something you be, become from the day you get saved. And you continue, and you continue in that. I'm going to talk about that. So what you know, what you need to know is that in the book of in the Bible, you never find the word sinners for a Christian. And if that is the truth, why do you call yourself sinners? Why do people always call themselves sinners when this is not true? Because we are built on the wrong foundation. And then maybe you say, yeah, but but Paul, 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 he called himself a sinner. 
And I have been sharing, there is here about 40 different words in the Bible where you see, places where you see the word holy people. But it's not like, in the, in the Bible, in the churches, people don't know all of those scriptures. The most of them know one, and this is this one. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. Paul is saying that. This is what we use in Denmark. If you go to Danish Christians Luton website and ask questions, are we sinners or not sinners? They will say we are sinners and they will quote this verse. That Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners and of whom I am the worst. So they say that Paul said about himself that he is the worst sinner. And somehow it had become holy. So I meet people like, I'm the most worst sinner. No, no, I'm, I'm more worse than you are. No, no, I am. Almost it become holy to say I'm a sinner. And people stand up in church like, I'm a sinner. And, and somehow we make it holy. But Paul is not saying he is a sinner. If you look at this, Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners. He's talking about something Jesus, not something Jesus do right now, but something he did. He came there to save sinners. And of those people he came to save, he was the worst. Why? Because if you see the worst before, he said that he was blaspheming. He was a violent man. He was doing a lot of crazy things. You know, Paul, he was going against the church. He tried to get the Christian to, you know, try to kill the Christians. So he was a man, violent man against God. But God saved him. So when he's saying there that he was the worst sinner, he don't say he is it now. He says he was it. But he used the word I am because he's talking about something at that moment. And try to imagine if it was true that Paul was looking at himself like the worst sinner. And he thought he was holy. <laughs> Why do he, every time he write a letter in the book of Acts, or in the Bible, write to people and call the Christians the holy people? <laughs> it seems so crazy he called himself, I'm the worst sinner. And to everybody he met around, he called them the holy people. Oh, you are holy. Go to the holy people there. But me, I'm the worst of all sinners. Because he don't make any sense. And this is what religion is. And you have seen that during the last teaching. We take something that's very clear in the word of God. Holy people, holy people, holy people, holy people, holy people, holy people. Over 40 times is written, holy people. And then we take one verse, taken out of the context we don't understand, and out of that word, we build our theology. And we don't see what the rest of the word is saying, because no, we are sinners. And this is the foundation almost every church is here is building on. We are sinners, saved by grace. Can you see it? And it's all about the mindset to understand who we are in Christ, what he has done. 
If you go with that mindset, oh, you are sinners, you are sinners, you are sinners, you are sinners, I'm a sinner, I cannot do anything. Do you think you are going to experience freedom? No, you are not. You will see yourself as a sinner, you will start to think as a sinner, and you will live as a sinner. But if you know that you are a new creation, something new has started, you are going to live that new life. And I don't say to everybody who see this video that, hey, now you should just say you are holy people because many, maybe is sinners because you have not repented. You are not safe yet. And I want to talk about what happened when we repent. What happened in our life? And I don't want to make a lot of theology out of it. I want to give you a testimony of it. But first I want to give you some scriptures. This is what the word is saying when we talk about sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins have seen him and knows him. Ouch. This is what the word is saying. Nobody who abides in him sins. No one who sins have seen him and know him. And remember what Matthew chapter 7 was saying, we talked about that two times ago, that many one day is going to stand in front of Jesus and he said, apart from me, I never know you, who you who do sin. This word, this is the word of God. And many know other scriptures from the word of God. But John 3.16 is, of course, the most known scripture. My question is, is John 3.16 more the word of God than this verse? No. Is this verse from 1 Timotheus 1.15 more the word of God than this? No. This is the word of God also. This is the truth. That nobody abides in him since. But many have problem with that too. Because no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Hey, relax. Relax, Tom. Now, now you have... Do you say you don't sin? No, no, no. Remember John. John 1. John 1, 9. John 1, 8. And this is what John 1, 8, 9 says. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I want to say this is the word of God and this is the word of God. Religion, take one verse there and build a whole theology out of it. And if I go to churches today, almost no church Christians know this verse. But everybody know this. If you were living at that time, you didn't have a Bible where there was chapters and verses. No, you got the whole context. But today we have Chapters and verses. And because of that, many people are deceived. Because they say, no, no, if you say you are without sin, the truth is not in you. We are all sinners. We are all sinners. But you also take this verse and say, but 
if you sin, you don't know him. What is the truth? The whole thing is the truth. The word of God is the truth. And if we take our religious glasses off us, we will not have problem with the word. We will not be, need to go and take, take some scriptures out and put it away and, or just read very fast through it. Like we don't see it because we have problem with it. And I want to share a testimony from my, my life because the good thing with my life is that when I got saved, I didn't have so much religious uh, luggage. I don't have the backpack like many other. I got saved from a non-Christian background. I was baptized and confirmed in the Lutheran church, but it was just tradition. I have never opened my Bible. I didn't know what the word was saying. And then I had a friend who told me about Jesus and I came to a church. And there the Holy Spirit touched me. And I went up and I repented and asked Jesus to save me. When I did that, I felt like the Holy Spirit came like a light into me. I fall to the floor. I was laying there. I really met God. It was like the Holy Spirit all over my body. It was the 5th of April 1995. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was so strong. I remember I stood up again and I sat down and somebody said, Congratulations, you are born again, Tom. And I was like, Thank you. But I didn't know what he was talking about. I had never heard that word like born again. I didn't know what he was talking about. But when I went home for that meeting, something had happened inside of me. The first thing was I have always been afraid of dying. And when I went home, I said to myself, Tom, you're going to die one day. And when I said to myself, Tom, you're going to die, normally I would like, Ooh, I'm going to die. Ooh, I'm going to die. And I would be so afraid because I don't like to think about death, that I'm going to die one day. But what happened there? This time when I said to myself, Tom, you're going to die one day, I was on my bicycle. I was like, yes, I'm going home. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm not afraid anymore. I have got set free from fear at that moment. I didn't know at that time that Hebrews chapter 2 was saying that Jesus Christ came to set everybody free who have been bound by fear their whole life or something like that. I don't know the English translation. But Jesus Christ came to set us free, us who was Hold down in fear. And I experienced that. I didn't read the word and then said to my mind, okay, the word is saying that, then I have to take my mind and try to get the fear to go. No. I experienced in my spirit. And it happened like that. What more happened? The more thing that happened was that I had become new. I didn't know about the whole thing, but something had happened. So I came home, and normally I go to a pub on Friday and drink beer. So I went to a pub Friday like I was used to, because my mind was still the same. I came home, I looked at myself and said, born again, I look the same. For me, I looked the same. I didn't understand what was happening. So on Friday, I went to a pub, and I went there. And when I stood there, I looked around. And suddenly my eyes was open and I was like, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. I have met you, Jesus. No. And I went away and I was like, what is happening? I, I, I didn't want that anymore. 
Normally, I was used to swearing and using curse words, words, and I was having a bad language. But when I told a lie or or misused God's name, when I did it, I was like, oh, it tasted wrong. Normally, I didn't have problem with it. My whole life, I've not had problem with. But now, something was changed inside of me, and oh, it tasted wrong. I didn't want that anymore. And then I stopped doing that. One more thing. I had a girlfriend. And I was used to living in sin. And I went to bed with her. Like young people who who is sinners. I was a sinner. I went to bed with my girlfriend. And this time my girlfriend came to me. And I was like. Before she came I was like. Okay. Okay. uh, I was like. uh, What do the Bible say about this? And she came and. And she wanted to be together with me. And I really experienced the temptation. Oh, there was something, you know, sin. There was something, okay. But again, no, 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 I'm not part of that anymore. I don't want that. But I experienced the temptation and I got confused because what what do the words say? So I was like, God, God, is, is this sin or what? Is it not sin or... Oh, God, I want to do what you want. God, is this sin to go to bed with her? And I tried to remember what I have learned when I got confirmed in the Lutheran church and I didn't learn anything there. It was only tradition about holy days and, and tradition in the Lutheran church. And I was like, okay, okay, what do the words say? And to be honest, I could not say at that time that the words say this is sin because I was so new and I didn't know the word of God. So what did I do? I was like, okay, God, are you there? Hello? And the temptation was so great. So God, are you there? And I did like this. Okay, God, you're not there. And I took God and put him beside. And I went to bed, to bed with my girlfriend. And this time, immediately I've been in bed with her. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh sorry, oh God, what have I done? What have I done? I could just feel inside of me, I have sinned. I have sinned. Oh God, forgive me. God, I've just found you. I don't want to lose you. Forgive me. And my whole body was screaming to God, to me. I have sinned. And it was so clear. I have sinned. It was wrong. In that moment I did it, I knew it was wrong. And I knew at that time, that my friends, non-Christian friends, if they had been there, they would have said to me, Come on, Torben, relax. It's like, God is love. It's love everything. It's okay. God is not like that. It's not sin to go to bed with your girlfriend if you love her. They would have said that to me. But no person on earth could Convince me on something else. Because inside of me, I knew, I knew, I knew, I have sinned. Why did I knew it? Because I repented. Because repentance is not only something we do. It's also something God do. When we repent, from our sins and put our trust in Jesus Christ for what he did on the cross. God is going to change our life. 
He's going to create something new inside of us. And this is what it's all about. The new covenant. The new covenant. Jesus came with those things because he wants to save us from our sin. And in the new covenant, he not only save us in our sins, he save us from our sins. And he create a new person. You read about that in Jeremiah. Many years before Jesus came, there was a prophecy that God is going to create a new covenant. And I will put my law, Jeremiah 31, I will put my law within them and in their heart and I will write it and they will be, I will be their God and they will be my people. So God, in, so Jeremiah, many years before Jesus, he prophesied that one day he's going to create something new, a new covenant. And there, God would take the stone, uh, the Ten Commandments, the law on the stones and put it in our heart. He says that here. And the same scripture you read right here in Hebrews 2 in the New Testament, they are quoting. So in Hebrews 2, when they talk about the old covenant and the new, he's quoting this, that the law is going to be written in our hearts and he will be our God and we will be his people. This is what it's all about. And you have the same words in Ezekiel. I have it here. No, not the same words, but the same thing. Ezekiel, the prophet, also prophesied, and I will give them one heart, and I will put the, a new spirit within you. And I will take the stone heart out of their flesh. Why do God do that? Why do God give us a new, a new spirit? Why do God take the stone heart out of us? Why do God give us a new sto- heart of flesh? He said, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinance and to them and They shall be my people and I will be their God. So this is what Jesus did. He came to save us from what? Our sins. Why? How? Why will, by giving us a new spirit, going to talk about that, and giving us a new heart. He's going to remove the stone heart from our body. And give us a heart of flesh. He's going to write the commandments in our heart. So we would walk in his statutes. So we will keep his commandments. Not like go and remember the Ten Commandments. Not go and remember what is wrong, what is not wrong. No, but by a new creation. And it was what I experienced that time many years ago. I experienced that. Why? Because the gospel is the power of salvation. It's more than just religious activities. It's a new body. Something new has started. And what happened with me? I repented. I was like, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And at that moment, I was new and I really need to to have God to show me that he had forgiven me. Because I was so new in it. I didn't know the whole word was saying. And, and I was confused. So I heard there was a church open 
in another city close by. They have a meeting that night. So I jumped in a car. I went there. On my way, I said, God, forgive me for God. Next time, next time I'm going to be with a girl. It's going to be my wife on honeymoon. God, help me, God. Help me. Forgive me. And I really repented. And then something amazing happened because I was at that meeting and people didn't know me. Only a few people I've seen before. And I was at that meeting. And there, there was a woman who stand up in the beginning of the meeting. And she said, I have a word. I see a young man standing in front of something he should not do. He didn't know I was seeing it. And he took me and put me aside, beside. And he sinned. But he had repented. And I forgive him right now. And I was standing there and I was shocked. Because... I was uh, alone with my girlfriend. And I do like that alone because I'm never alone. You are never alone. God sees everything. But I thought, oh God, and I put God beside. But God saw it. And then I went to uh, to the meeting. And she not only said the words she was saying. She did like this. Exactly what I have done at home in my apartment. And from that moment, I have known that God sees everything. Also, if we close the door and and close the light, He sees everything. And I was standing there, whoa, God, thank you because you forgive me. And immediately the Holy Spirit came and I was like, and I met God. And I was so high, so I could almost fly home in my car. Ah, I am forgiven. And I was so happy. I was so high. And I said to God, God, Next time I'm going to be with one is my wife on honeymoon. I want to date you now. <laughs> that way I want to know you. I don't want to focus on girls now. I want to seek you. I want to know you. And you have to find a woman for me. And I prayed that. Three months later I was to a big Christian concert. In another end of Denmark with 500 people. And I was standing there worshipping God. And suddenly God spoke to me. I have not been thinking of girls the last month because my focus was God. And there God spoke to me and said, Torben, the one who stands behind you, she's going to be your wife someday. And I was like, what? And, I, and then I turned around and I, whoa. And I saw a girl behind me. I'm like, this is my wife. This is my wife. And I turned around again and I'm like, whoa. And I just knew my wife was standing behind me like seven pews down. And when I saw that, I knew it. This concert was over. It was like the last song. And I had to hurry home. And I was driving with a friend who was waiting for me. So I did not I did only like smile to her where she was standing on a distance. I only smiled to her. And then I jumped in the car and went home. And I said to my friend on my way home, Hey, Michael, I just met my wife. <laughs> I don't know her name. I don't know where she's from. I don't know anything about her. But God had told me the one who's standing in that yellow orange dress is going to be my wife someday. I just knew it. And I came home and said, God, I don't know where she's from in Denmark. You have to put us together again. Three months later, I saw her. I'm like, hello, hello. And I get to know her. I talked with her. And we got married. And um, three days ago, we have been married 17 years and have three children. And I have learned that when we repent from our ways, from our sins, God has something much better for us. My wife is so amazing. She's so holy. 
She have grown up in a Christian family. She have never kissed anybody else than me. She have never been together with somebody. She have been kept by God. And she is so strong. And when you talk about living in sin, I learned so much from my wife. Because I can see so much in my wife that is so different from many other. And you have heard her song. She has gone through a lot. She is so strong. She is the strong home in many ways in our family. And, and this is when, when we travel, often we travel together. I take my wife with me. And it's not just to, we are working together. And now it's me who's the published person here. And you see me often and people see me more. That, but I'm not who I am without my wife. My wife is the strong. She is so amazing. And God has put us together. No doubt of that. And I can see that if we repent from our ways, God has something better for us. And what about this? No one who abides in him sins. No one who, see, who sins have seen him and know him. Another verse, just a few words before, for say this. I can take here. No one who is born of God will continue in sin because God's seeds remains in him. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. What do that mean? I think this is a good translation. They cannot go on sinning because they are born by God. And this is also, no one who abides in him sins. Nobody abides in him go on sinning. This is often what the word is saying. Like John 3.16 For God so much loved the word that he sent his only son for everybody who believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The word is for everybody who believe in him and continue believing in him. So in the word, this is not talking about some, somebody who just believed one time many years ago. The word, if you go in, is the continue word. Everybody who believe and continue believe. And this is the same. Everybody who's born of God will, and no one who's born of God will continue to sin. Why? Because he's born of God. Why would he not continue sin? Because the law had put, been put in his heart. This was what I experienced. This was what many million people around the world experienced. When you repent from your sins, when you believe in Jesus Christ, God is going to create a new heart inside of you. And that means that you can not go on sinning. The woman who was caught in idolatry came to Jesus and they wanted to stone him. And Jesus did not condemn her. He forgave her. But he also said to her, now you're forgiven. Go and sin no more. What if he, she had just continued sinning? Well, we cannot continue sinning when we have been forgiven. You know, we need to understand that this word is also right. If we confess our sin, is he faithful and just and will forgive us? But we need to understand that forgiving, forgiveness have to do with repentance. And repentance have to do with changing your heart, your mind, and have to do with stop sinning. 
I got forgiven when I sinned. But I didn't continue in sin because I know what the word is saying. And it's like we have a world today who don't almost in church, who don't know what the word is saying. They don't know the truth of God. If I go to Hebrew for something, and I'm going to read a verse, that's also the word of God. Exactly like John 3.16 and other verses. And the word here in chapter 10, verse 26. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. And he continued, you can read it, Hebrew 10, 26 and so on. If we go sin willfully... There is no longer a sacrifice from our sin. The only thing that is bad is eternal punishment. This is what the word is saying. Every, many know this word. Many read that word. And they're like thinking, oh, sin willfully. Oh, but, but we have sinned. I have sinned willfully. What do that word mean? And I want to say, when I stand there in front of my girlfriend, I went to bed with her. It was, I was sinning willfully. I knew it inside somehow. I didn't knew it, but at the same time I knew it. And I did sin. But God forgive me. The word here, if you sin willfully, is the same word if you continue sinning. If you continue in will, willfully sinning, you can come to that part where the Holy Spirit is going to leave you. And I sad enough know people who got saved, they are living with a girlfriend, and they could not continue in that sin because they got saved. And then they move away from the girlfriend. Later, they open up to sin again. And slowly, sin came in. And slowly and slowly, and then after some, some time, they ended up with the girlfriend again, living in idolatry. And I met them, and I asked them, do you have problem with this? And they said, no but before they had, what had happened? One time, they experienced the salvation, the Holy Spirit in their heart. But because they didn't know, keep it, because they didn't understand that we have to be careful what God had given us. And listen to the Holy Spirit. I believe those people continued going against the Holy Spirit, the heart inside of them. And because they continued in that, the Holy Spirit got saved and left them. And now they ended up in sin again. And the last part is going to be worse than the first, the Bible says. When we talk about sin, it's like we have not understand what it's all about in church. It's like we are still the whole part of sinners. We are always sinners. Instead of understanding that we were sinners, but God created a new heart inside of us. And we, and if we had that, we cannot continue living in willfully sin because we have the new heart. But let's go to the first book of John. Because the book of John... You can read something interesting. The book of John chapter 3. They talk about the children of God. And talk about some of the things I've been reading here. And 
And, and in verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. Him who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Him who sins is of the devil, for the devil have sins from the beginning. For the promise of God, Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the words of the devil. So Jesus came to destroy sin in us. And then in verse 10 you read this. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right in is not God's children. No, nor is anyone who does not love his brother or sister. This is what John is saying. Try to see here. This is how we know who is the children of God and who is the children of the devil. This is how we know. This is just after this verse we read this. This is how we know. How, how do we know? By everybody who's born again will not continue in sin. By this you will know who's the children of God and who is not. It's not by speaking in tongues. You you are not you know you have repented, done the first thing. Not by it's not by speaking tongues, it's not by healing the sick. It's not by that we know that we have repented. We know it by this. This is how we know who's the children of God and who is not. I talk to many, many people and I make met many non meet many non Christians and meet many Christians. When I talk to religious people in the church, I many times sit in front of young people and I ask them, Do you live in sin? And they look at me. And if I, they have a girlfriend, I just talk. Not like, I just talk with them. Maybe nice and say, do you go to bed with your girlfriend? And they're like, yes. Okay. Do you have problem with that? Yeah, 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 I think I have. Okay, why? Where? Do you have problem in your mind? Because you are, have heard that this is wrong. Or do you feel inside here that this is totally wrong? Many will say, I have a problem in my mind. I think it's in my mind. Why would they say that? Because if it was from inside here, it would not be very like, oh, this is wrong. It would be like me, you are sinning. You are sinning. Then they will not be in doubt. They would know that they are living in sin because they are born of God. But because they are not born of God, they are only religious in their mindset. They have no problem with sin. Yeah, they know in their mindset that I should not do that. That is wrong. But they have never got it from their mind down to their spirit. And that is why we have many in churches today who live in sin. And we call them still Christians. We call them sinners. But sinners who's going to heaven because we are all sinners, you know. Yeah, they live in sin, but all live in sin. They continue in sin, but they believe in God. No, it's not by who believe God is there. 
By this you know who's the children of God and who is not. By this. If people live in willfully sin, and, and you know it and you see it, it don't matter what they believe. If they live in willfully sin, they are not born again. Also, if they come in church, if he's a priest, if he comp- uh, say that he know God and read the Bible, he's not born again. Because God came to create a new heart. He's still holy. He has not changed. He's the same as we read also in the Old Covenant. He has not changed. It's us who need to get changed. By the Spirit of God, by the law of God is written in our heart. And this is what happened when repentance happened. Tom, are you without sin? No. I don't say I'm where I should be. I'm not where I used to be, but I know there is more. Because I need to look like Christ, and I want to look like Christ. When I got saved in the beginning, it was like the big thing, like I did sin, ah, I cannot do that anymore. And then it was, and, and it was easier for me to cut that off, say, no, I cannot do that anymore. But, but you cannot like the head and the mind cut the head off. But it was, first was the big thing, God started to deal in me. And then it was my false life. Then it was like, why did I react the way I react? Why did I say the thing I said? Was it to build my kingdom? Was it to be proud? Or why did I do what I did? And God continue working in me and he still works in me today. And he's going to continue working in me until the day I'm going to stand in front of him. But I want to make him continue working in me. Because if I just stop and say, no, this is enough. Come on, then he's not my Lord. I need to let him work in me. And there was period in my life where he really went deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I want to say, there is a difference between living in willfully sin and then be bound to sin. And I, I was, I repented in many ways. I experienced a freedom. I did. But there was still something in my life I could not get rid of. There was like one thing there and one. There was a few things. I, I didn't love it. I didn't want to live in it. But I fall in it. This thing, thing and this thing. And it was like, oh, I didn't feel free. And it tormented me. But then I got baptized. When I got baptized, immediately nothing happened. But later, I got a revelation out of what baptism was. And I started to walk in Romans 7. Freedom from sin. One time I read Romans 6, freedom from sin. One time I read Romans 6, 14. And when I suddenly saw what it was all about, I was like, I'm free. I'm free. And from that moment, I experienced a new beginning one more time. I experienced our freedom from sin. The last thing was broken in my life. And it 
become a new beginning one more time. Because both of the, those things have to do with sin. Everything has to do with cleansing and sin. But today we have many people. We have the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church and Calvinists and other churches who are not baptized in water. And because they are not baptized in water, they cannot walk in Romans 6. They don't experience the freedom. They are walking in Romans 7. And they are fighting with guilt. Many are. And because they don't have the baptism in water and the freedom from sin, they build a theology out of their experience. And their theology become like we are sinners. We are all sinners. Instead of we are saints. We are holy. Because Jesus did not come to save us in our sin. He came to save us from our sin. And I want to say like Jesus said to the Pharisees. In Matthew 23. Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. And he said that you are cleansing the cup outside. But inside is still rotten. It's so rotten inside. And he said, cleanse the cup inside and it will also be clean outside. And this is the problem with the Pharisees and this is the problem with the religious people today. The religious people cleanse the cup outside. But inside they still feel so rotten. And I met so many people who had grown up in a religious traditions. And when I come with this, you can be free. Then it's good news. Because they had tried to walk as a Christian for many years. They know everything. But they always feel condemned. And they always fighting and sin and fighting and sin and fighting and fighting instead of experience their freedom. Why? Because nobody have cleansed their life inside by the new heart. The freedom in baptism. And because they are not cleansed, they feel rotten inside. And they are, for many, are rotten inside. And I want to say, I have met people. Many who have come in churches many, many years and they thought they were safe and they knew everything. But when they really got saved, they said like, now I was safe. I was so deceived. So, And to be honest, I met that in Pentecostal churches there. I met that in Baptist churches. I have met that many places. Because it's more than religious. It's life. And we should not build theology out of Life. And I want to say, my experience with freedom from sin didn't come by laying hands on me in two seconds. No, it came by seeking God, by repentance, by fasting, by seeking God. And I think our problem sometimes is that we want the big thing here now. And we are not able to do what it takes to come into the freedom God has for us. We have not, we don't do what it takes. And because of that, many don't walk in the freedom. Next time, I'm going to talk about baptism water, but going to do it again with sin. I'm going to share my testimony how I experienced the freedom from sin. 
And I have it in my book. And I've just got this today. <laughs> just today before I make this teaching, the post came with this book. This is first time I like hold it in my hand almost. I got it like one hour ago. And this is my book, The Sound, the Sound Doctrine. And it had just come out of Amazon. And I ordered it from Amazon and that's why I got it here. And uh, you can order it on Amazon right now. And you can go on my website and find a link if you want. And in this book, I tell a story about how I fasted, how I experienced freedom from sin, how I started to hate sin. And you need to hate sin in order to be free from sin. And I tell my story about how I experienced the freedom. So if you want more teaching, and again, I'm, I'm not speaking English normal, so, so I'm not so much into details also because English is still something I'm learning. But here there is much, much more scriptures and there is more detail about sin, about fear of God, about freedom from sin. So I encourage you to go buy this book on Amazon and read that until I come back, because next time we are going to continue this. So this is the word for you. I want to end this video by saying, where are you? Where are you? When I talk about this, I know many of you is grown up in a Christian family, and that's sometimes it's not so easy then because you know everything that that that. You know how to to live, and you think that okay, is that in my mind and in my spirit? The the most important thing is: Do you live in sin now? Do you experience freedom freedom from sin? I have that. If I do something wrong, I can feel like oh oh, I I should not go out of this way. I I should stop now. This is if I go further here, this is sin, and I can feel it inside of me. And I don't know where you are. Have you never experienced that? Um, and live in sin. If you live in sin, then you are you are not born again, and you have to repent, and you have to repent and 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 understand this, and give everything to God, and baptize in water and Holy Spirit. If you don't have that, to come in to know Him. But maybe you are there. Maybe you have experienced that, but but you are slow to hearing. Or you, you were one time, some time ago, you were more radical in that area. And I want to say, then you have to do something about it also. You have, if, if, if TV is the problem, then throw it out of the house. Do what you need to do to get rid of the thing who somehow hinder you to live radical, to hinder you to be holy. And, and, and often if we know what it was all about, it will come by itself because we will keep way for things. We don't have a TV in, in our house. It's not because I, I, I would sit and look at porn on the internet, or porn on TV and because I have the internet and if I want to look at porn, I could do it. But now I have so much fear of God in my life and I experience freedom, so I don't do that. But I don't have a TV because just the normal things somehow I can use my time on and it Make me slow. It made me somehow dull in my mind. I don't know the English word, but it made me like, oh, it don't matter so much. It's okay to lo- look at this. This is okay to fill me with that. And many Christians look TV all the time and listen to non-Christian music, and I don't understand. How, you cannot do that. You need to fill your spirit with good things. 
You need to fill your spirit. And if you go, it's not only about keeping away from sin. Because in Galatians 5, you read about the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. In verse 19, the works of the flesh are and then there is a long list adultery and and uh, idly, uh, adultery and jealousies and a lot of things. And he said there, those who practice such things would never inherit the kingdom of God. So he said that to the Christians. If you go out of that way, this is what he said, if you go out of this way, you are never going to inhabit the kingdom of God. But then he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness. And he talked about that, and he said, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you are Christ, if you belong to him, you have crucified your flesh. What is a Christian? What is repentance? Repentance is that you are walking by the flesh. You are walking out of that road, the big road that leads to judgment. You are walking out of that road and you are doing exactly the things you read in Galatians 5.19. But then you repented. You turn away from it toward God and you experience God laid a law inside of you. You become new. And then you start to walk the new life. Where you are not led by the flesh, but led by the spirit. I want to say, where are you in all of this? Now I have been teaching and, and some of you, I believe there is people who are not saved. I believe there is people who have not been baptized in water and then don't experience the freedom. I believe there's people because of their religious glasses have problem with that. With what I'm teaching. But I also believe there is a longing inside of you. And, and can see this is right. I want that. I want to be a saint. I want to experience the freedom God had for me. But how? I'm standing here and all of that. I want to say, relax. See God. And listen to what God is stealing in you. And the problem often with teaching like this is that people are so different in their journey. But there is one who knows where you are right now and this is God. And he knows what you need. Maybe you need to repent and get saved and get baptized in water. And then God, he know it, you know it, he will talk to you and he will show it to you. Maybe you are saved. But you are bound to sin and you need to get baptized or you need a revelation about what your baptism in water was. And there you need to read Romans 6 and experience how the Holy Spirit is open your eyes and setting you free. Maybe you are playing with sin and the reason you are saved but you are playing with sin and that is why you are fighting with sin. You, 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 and there you have to repent and cut the things off in your life. Maybe cut the internet off. Drop the internet for a while until you get fear of God in your life so you can have internet again without sinning. You know what you are fighting with. And you need to be free from that. 
Because you need to walk in Christ, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is what we are all called to. And if you have sin in your life, when you repent, and you know, turn away from things, repent. You, if you confess your sin, God is faithful to forgive you. Also, if you don't get the strong experience I got in the beginning, because often I don't do that anymore. But if I do something and God is reeling me, oh, so, sorry, and I just know I'm free. Not, not because I say the right word and confess, but I know that he's working and he's cleansing me. And I do things and he forgives me. And to confess your sins is not only for God, it's also to know, remind yourself that this was wrong. So I'm not going to continue in this. But God is faithful. And I don't know where you are. You know where you are. And I want to say it's okay to have a time where you get confused about this thing. Because when God started to deal with me six years after I got saved, he started to deal with me about sin again. And, and I started to be confused. But whoa, what about this? And what about this? And then I started to get the fear of God. And God revealed this book to me. And this is my testimony about that. And I experienced the freedom. But before I experienced a freedom, there was uh, some days where I felt like now I was condemned. Now I'm going to hell. God cannot forgive me anymore. I have sins against the, sinned against the Holy Spirit. And I feel so condemned. But the condemnation was, but it was from God because He wanted to have a deep repentance in my heart. And when I came in and experienced the revelation of the freedom, I got free. And it was almost like getting born again. And to be honest, at one time I was confused, was I really born again? Was I really born before? Because this was totally new one more time. There was a freedom in Christ I have never experienced before. But I went to a journey like this. I was fighting, I was struggling, I was almost condemned some days. I'm going to hell. Oh, and I was crying and I was seeing God. But then the revelation came and then the freedom came. And you also need to come into that. And you need to go walk from where you are and take the next step you need to take. And I don't know what that is. Maybe you need fear of God in your life. We need that, all of us. Maybe you need to repent, get saved. Maybe you need to have a revelation of what baptism is. I'm going to talk about that next time. Maybe you really need to just get your eyes away of sin and look on Christ. People ask me, yeah, but Tom, I'm fighting with things. Can I go out and heal the sick and preach the gospel? You need to go and do it. <laughs> because if we get our eyes away from sin and ourselves and look at Jesus, things is going to be so much better. If I look at sin anymore, and so you, you will not think of that. You will not think of sin. You sin, sin, sin. You will not think of that. If I say to myself, you, I should not think of that, I'm going to think of it. But when I look at him, and look at what he has done, I'm not going to think of sin. So this message is supposed to set you free. Also, if it is in the beginning, it's shaking you a little. So I hope you understand that. I hope you understand that this is freedom Christ came with. He came to set us free. You are going to learn the truth and the truth is going to set you free. So you are not going to be a sinner anymore, but you are going to be a saint. You are going to be holy. You are going to walk in freedom from sin. So this is what I want to talk about. 
read my book. Next time I'm back is in two weeks. Uh, so you have time to read my book. And then I look forward to continue. And please come with questions so I can take the questions and start with that in the next teaching. Where I'm going to talk about baptism, water and freedom from sin. Yes! Amazing. Love what God is doing. And look forward to next time I'm going to preach about baptism, water and freedom from sin. God bless you.